YRB, I feel like um, you're joining our show, but I kind of feel like I'm a guest on Glass Case of Emotions here. So I don't know. This might be like a, a revamp for all the glass the glass holes out there. Flores, welcome to me and Chuck's show, uh, <laughs> the, the Cube of Emotion. Happy to have you on here. I have two all-star winners sitting in front of me on Zoom. So the talk has been, and I'm going to beat this dead horse one more time, but the talk has been new, the new Gibbs pit stop. But then y'all's pit stop side-by-side, side, boom. You know, pit, pit stop was faster, and at the end of the day, you guys are the um, million-dollar winners. Uh, you know, Flores, he's, he's had a big year. You know, he went from uh, – Daytona 500 winner. Now he's a million dollar winner. I mean, I think, I think Flores has just got the good luck. So. Dude, I'll tell you what, as, as rough as a season as we've all had kind of the, the pit stop stuff for everybody has been a surprise. I think other than Gibbs just for, you know, they, they started working on it, you know, way sooner than all of us, but it's starting to level out and to be able to compete in that deal, man, it was so much fun and hell, you know, we got on the front row through that, but that car had some speed and it. it had speed that we haven't seen out of Fords in a mile and a half this year. So that was, that was really cool too, to, uh, to have a fast car and just watch you be able to perform. Yeah. that was a big, you know, big part of it was, you know, we qualified, made the final eight and then we had the bracket competition knockout, you know, deal. And, you know, that highlights, you know, the pit crew and, and everybody on that side, and I, which I think the all-star race does a good job of is, is highlighting the work that those guys do. So, you know, I mean, you guys did a great job of getting us on the front row and that set us up for the whole night. So um, yeah, it was cool that everyone uh, kind of came together because it was, it was not just Sunday night it, that, you know, set us up to win the race. It was, it started on Saturday and uh, got to be proud of that. When, what does a weekend like that do? And this is that turning the page question that I'm sure you've never been asked. Like in, you know, since you won the all-star race, you know, but what does this do to kind of set you guys up for the second half of the regular season? You know, we got the Coca-Cola 600 this week. Everybody's at home. You know, how does that win kind of give you that? Is it the lift to get through to the, to the playoffs? I, I sure hope so. You know, I mean, it's, it's good to, you know, to, even though it wasn't a points race, it was nice to get in victory lane. You know, I mean, that's, that part's always nice. And, um, you know, I definitely feel like we found a lot of speed in our car, uh, you know, on, on Sunday night, which is one of the coolest parts of it was, you know, we, you know, the beauty of the all-star race, you can kind of go to these places, you know, a little bit different than what you've been running uh, maybe the whole year. So we tried a little different things and I felt like it worked out for us and um, hopefully it, you know, it matters at the 600 and, and moving forward to get us, you know, more wins and get us locked into the playoffs and, set yourself up for the postseason man i i'm just sitting here thinking about it and like thinking about the all-star race and the emotions of you know what happened at the end but i think about our career that we've had together right i i changed tires for you in the truck race when you're race for a championship and your shifter fell off right i was changing tires for you then i've changed tires for you through xfinity and then you know we were lucky enough to get the 99th win for the wood brothers but you look mm -hmm. back at that I had a loose wheel to start the race and your radio didn't work. Right. So a lot of drama there. Then we get the win at the roll together. First one back with the 12 team, the two leaders wreck each other. Right. We win at Talladega. You spun getting the pit road early. Like there's like every win that we have, it starts off or ends like very dramatic or like, you know, kind of jacked up. So hopefully we can just get some boring ones and under our belt here. You know, and I, I really thought Sunday night was going to be boring. I really thought that, you know, we're that last 20 laps, 
cruising along car was super fast could could turn it on and off like you know whatever we wanted and just coasting and i was like man this might be the one that is no dramas and no issues and the moment that went through my head you know all hell broke loose so luckily <laughs> those things worked out the way they should have but yeah we like we like being dramatic finishers and uh gosh it's it's taken a lot of years off my life i feel like <laughs> When I've got a actually a viewer question. Uh, when Jonathan Merriman heard that we were going to have you uh, on the podcast today, Ryan, he uh, wanted me to ask this question. He said, you guys had some uh, earlier restarts where you got a little bit loose and kind of dropped back a little bit. Can you talk us through that when you were racing with uh, Ross and just some of the early struggles with the car maybe? Were they struggles or was it just trying to find your footing? Yeah, I don't really think they were struggles. It's just kind of getting put in a bad spot on a couple restarts. Um you know, yeah, we got put in a bad spot on that one restart, um, you know, where we lost second to the one car and, um, you know, and, and that ended up us, I think, like, winding back up to fifth or sixth. But then we drove forward and and then I messed up, made a mistake trying too hard and trying to slide the one car into one and got really loose and lost all those spots that we gained, you know, back, you know, running under there. And um, so it's for a while we just kind of got put in one or two bad spots and uh but our car was fast enough to kind of make those back up and uh and things like that so you know a couple guys had their issues um which i thought we were as like the 18 you know blew that tire that we were just as good as him if not a little better you know the five had a tire issue and you saw some guys have tire problems for whatever reason um but yeah i think it was i don't know if it was it wasn't really car struggles it was just kind of couple bad spots but we were able to overcome that now like one thing that you and i always joke about your dad right yeah he was probably my favorite sprint car driver growing up and and um i think it'd be cool to have Corey here but since he's not you know like i've been around Corey and his dad a lot now i get to be around your dad a lot and kind of see your guys relationship and it's pretty parallel like like a lot of us who grew up racing you know their dads are hard asses and um i was wondering you know you got your dad your uncle dale you come from a racing family and you're also close with like Dale Jr. and and you know you've been around Brad so like who does who's Ryan Blaney call when he needs advice like who do you reach out to not just in racing but life advice as well because like I know for Corey it's not Randy because like Randy's pretty hard so he kind of shies away from him yeah I you know I feel like it's still my dad like you know dad you know like you said I mean any dad's gonna be hard on their kid you know especially when that dad has participated in the sport that the kid is currently competing in, right? Because they've been through it all and they kind of know, and they can see if the kid is not doing something that they don't think is right. Um, so, I mean, I feel like, you know, dad was used to be pretty hard on me growing up. I mean, and I feel like as I've gotten older, uh, you know, the last handful of years, eh, maybe the last two, three years, he's kind of understood that, Hey, I'm a grown man now and I can't, you know, he's still dad, you know, he can still set me straight, but, he's kind of been more understanding of, you know, that side of it, of, you know, just listening and, and giving advice instead of like, you know, really harshly telling you, which I thought that helped me as a kid, you know, tell me if I'm doing something wrong and I'm going to change it. Uh, but he's still the person I call, you know, after a tough race to vent to, you know, you know, for his advice, he'll randomly call me of like, Hey, you know, I just been kind of been thinking about this and maybe you can you know, think about going about certain things a different way. So it's more helpful advice than just kind of a reactionary 
disciplining of, you know, those things. So um, he's still the, like my number one guy and uh, it's been pretty lucky to have that. Pretty good guy to have in your corner for sure. Um, so looking into this weekend, this will be Aaron's Saturday morning. So 600 is different, you know, and, and you're, you know, we're in a fight for the, for the regular season championship and there's a lot of points on the line being that there's an extra stage. Do you, you know, approach this race different and man, it's going to be the, the longest race that, that we've had with this next gen car and definitely the most amount of pit stops. So what, what is some getting ready for this race and how do you, how do you approach this race? Yeah. I mean, all those things come into mind, right. Um, you know, with it being such a long race and like you said, an extra stage and we're, you know, we're within striking distance of, you know, the regular season points lead. So you, know, you have to have that in the back of your mind and, and having a good race, um, but at the same time trying to set yourself up to win it towards the end. And um, yeah, also, I mean, long race for these cars. Uh, we haven't been, you know, we haven't raced this long, this many miles. So you wonder how things are going to hold up as far as parts and pieces. And are we going to have any tire issues like we've been seeing this year? So all those are kind of unknowns until you get into it and, and kind of get running. So um, as far as my mentality goes, and, and I feel like, you know, it, it's, I try to approach it like every race, you know, you try to go win stages, run up front and you kind of understand what you're getting into of, all right, it's a long race, but you just got to prepare yourself for that. And um, I remember my first 600, you know, it gets halfway and you're like, Oh my God, it is only halfway. Like this is ridiculous. Um, but now it just, you know, you understand it. You, you know, what's what to expect. I've talked to Cindric and Burton this week. And I'm like, you guys are in for something you've never experienced. I'm like, you're going to get to halfway and you're going to be like, holy like this is <laughs> we have such a long way to go um but it gets easier as you've run it more but yeah i just try to approach it the same way both mentally and physically you know what you're getting into and you just try to approach it the same i feel like that'd be a good like video segment just to get like the rookies for their first 600 and just like have a camera on them like right at the beginning get their reaction right when they're going to get in the car like get something from them at the stage breaks and then at the end have that just initial reaction, like the honest raw reaction of, man, I just raced 600 miles. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like if you ask any rookie, like at the beginning of the year in Daytona for the kind of preseason stuff, I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited to run 600. Something I've always wanted to do, you're pumped. And then ask them, ask them, they're like, oh my God, that was so long. <laughs> like that, was, that, that was never going to end. It was crazy. There's guys that do the double, man. That That's a, that's gotta be a, freaking crazy day that's something i'd love to do though i mean to say that you've done 1100 miles in a day i mean that's ridiculous uh that would be that'd be a cool feat you know to have uh that you look back on so i mean you know you know you know a guy we've joked around a little bit about it um i think i I mean i'm probably gonna have to win a championship to be able to get to do that it's a good Uh, year to do that it's a great year to do it so we'll uh we'll see but i've definitely wanted to do it and uh got a good group if we ever can make it happen i'll i'll do the double with you i'll change tires i've been busting reineman's balls uh the indy coach about that so he said he said that if we run a fifth car i'm on the list to go change okay. tires so there you go I, i'm in is, i guess we need to oh go ahead Chuck. i was gonna say is that similar now like is it enough of a like with the way our wheels are and their wheels like could you make that transition relatively easily i'd work at it for sure i think it'd be something really cool and it's something that when I'm done, you know, cup racing, I'll go do at least once just to, yeah, yeah. you know, it's something that would be cool. But yeah, it's similar enough to gun work and the way you pull the tires. I think you could do it. Hell yeah. So we, we got to ask Corey's been, Corey's been on, on pretty hard this year about asking, um, 
the the first one I, and I think you've answered it was one car, one track, but now he's on to, um, so like at night, like I, I've had the dream where like, I, I, I'm not dressed and the cars come down pit road, like, like a nightmare. What, what's a NASCAR related nightmare that wakes you up at night? Yeah. I've, I've had multiple, uh, nightmares of, you know, similar situations of like, I, I missed the race. Like I, like I wasn't at the track and the race was starting. Like, and a, like a panic of like trying to run into my car, but the cars are rolling off pit road, like, or missing practice, like missing the race, like, and just, just not being there, like oversleeping and completely missing out. Like that's a nightmare of mine. And it's woken me up a few times and man, that's, that's some scary <laughs> right there. Oh, God. Like, I mean, it, it can deal with any job. Right. But yeah, missing, missing practice, missing the race, like oversleeping. That is a nightmare that I've woken up from multiple times. The second one that Corey's been asking uh, quite a bit is what, what's the most embarrassing moment in your career that you can remember? Uh, yeah, easy. Um, I was leading an Xfinity race in 2015 at uh, Indianapolis and uh, <clears throat> overdrove turn two and Kyle Busch drove right under me and, and ended up winning the race. <clears throat> that was 15 or 16. I couldn't remember, but yeah, gave away a, a race driving for Roger Penske at Indy. Uh, that was pretty embarrassing. Um, like couldn't show my face. I had a race cup race the next day. Uh, I've got, I can, I can go on with that for you because I, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember what you said. You said you, you, it was quiet and you came over the radio and you said, someone come down here and punch me in the face is what you said on the radio. And then Greg Irwin got off the box and he goes, yeah, I don't care. I'd rather win at Darlington. And he just walked away. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? But yeah, I, I forgot about that. So, uh, but yeah, I was there with you. The most embarrassing I've ever felt in my, like couldn't show my face, like was absolutely mortified. Like, oh my God, that is what an idiot. Like I might get fired and I don't blame him. So luckily I didn't, but yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. So. Hey, here's the good thing. I was there with you then and I'm here with you now. So right. let's keep going. That's right. Keep that luck rolling. Well, cool. Well, we appreciate you jumping on here. Um, we uh, will definitely see how we do in the 600 moving forward. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me on and uh, be nice to go win uh, two in a row. So obviously the 600 is really important. So thanks guys.